Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. Massive civil society protests have continued in Hong Kong. Commencing on the 9th of June 2019, we've seen millions of people march, originally against the introduction of the extradition bill, but now the movement has raised a number of demands, including full suffrage for the people of Hong Kong. Accent of Women first covered this issue in June, and you can go back and listen to that podcast, which is posted to our page on 3CR's website. Since the broadcast, much has happened in Hong Kong. We've seen the formal entry of the workers' movement with a number of general strikes called. We've seen right-wing elements assert themselves in the movement. What happens now is a matter of political analysis. And to have that conversation with me, I welcome back Carol Un, the elected women's officer of the Hong Kong Confederation of Trade Unions. My name is Carol Un. I'm the chairperson of Hong Kong Confederations of Trade Unions, representing over um, 95 different sectors and um, uh, nearly 200,000 union members in Hong Kong. We are independent trade unions movement in Hong Kong. I think we are now in the 13th or 14th week of the protests in Hong Kong. And we spoke to you very early on and we spoke about um, that the movement was being led predominantly by the business community in Hong Kong and the trade unions were coming in behind um, the business community and the student movement. Um, what is the situation now? Um, since the last time we able to let everyone know what's happened, the, gradually the movement became a really a leaderless um, situation. That means most of the occasions of um, different assembly, rally protests, mainly organized by the public or we call netizens. And um, we're managing to have a, one of the biggest strikes in Hong Kong taken on 5th of August. And it was um, seven different assembly points on the same day and uh, bringing about 350,000 workers and supporters together to support a one-day strike. And this one-day strike um, having biggest impact on the aviation sector. So it draws the attentions um, to the airlines and we believe the Communist Party and then wait until a few days later after the strike, which is the 9th of August, the civil aviation authorities in mainland China, they have precisely issued a safety risk warning to Cathay Pacific Airways. So... Uh, we saw we saw the airlines strike. We thought it was extraordinary, and I understand that the airports are still closed down. Is that correct? On about two days, which is the um, the netizens, they precisely arranged a day for meeting all the passengers on arrival. So it just bring the um, airports about arrival area uh, was full of these protesters. And in order to respond to this uh, unusual meet you at the airport movement, um, the airport authorities actually closed down the evening flights on a particular that two nights. However, when we find out the reality is so-called closed down the airport on departure level, which is 
not the uh, real situations in the restricted area. The flights actually remain um, able to fly, and as long as any passengers stay able to run through those uh, protesters as a barriers, they can access to the restricted area. Their flight still goes on. So um, it is a gesture from the airport authorities to create the picture to mix like um, now the protesters, they um, obstructing the airport heavily, therefore making economic damages to airlines and the airport operations. So we find out actually um, it is not the real case to because the protest to stop the passengers flying. Let's um, let's just look at the entry of the organised workers movement and the um, the kinds of discussions that led up to the general strike. The f- the first question I've got about this is: Has the organised workers movement entered the protest with a set of independent demands? Um, and if so, what are those demands? Um. Basically, that the um, the workers are joined and support what was the uh, protesters um, they they were asking for because we believe we are also part of the civil society. So the five demands and they they are remain all the time. The very first one was the um, since the um, um, the outbreak of the movement and. We believe saying that um, the extradition bills matter. The Hong Kong government must completely withdraw the bill. But the government at that point only um, suspend the bill in the legal process. So it's just making a lot of the people worrying whether the resume of the Legislative Council later this month um, then all the bill will be reinforced to or to carry on um, on the discussions and let it pass. But then um, it proves that the demands of this one, the later stage of the government, they uh, responded to so-called that they uh, promised to completely withdraw it. The second demand I remember saying that, which is the one of the biggest talking points, is um, at, on different occasions of this movement, there are many, many street clashes, and these clashes happened in many, many different form or shape. But mainly, protesters having a very radical um, reactions. Uh, how about the police try to disperse a crowd? But later, subsequently developed and um, looks it's a, a street fighting and also clashes on the streets and heavy kind of violence exercised by the police force. So the brutality of the police, which has became a very important point, and there were so many different reports came out to saying that the police actually bring the protesters um, after any arrest into police station, they exercising a kind of torture or a very um, unnecessary amount of violence um, to seems like retaliate what these protesters um, done on the street against the police. So um, many cases reported they've been heavily injured or beat up in the police stations after the arrest. And also their, um, their civil rights, including the rights to request to see the lawyers or medical attentions, was declined. So we constantly asking for an independent commissions of inquiry need to be set up to um, 
completely investigate the entire situation, start from the, the extradition bill until the clashes on the street, and also whether on several occasions, why does the gangs in certain particular local resident area, they seem like act cooperating with the police, whether the police um, deliberately turn up about two hours later when some clashes between the gangs and the protesters occur. So I think um, one of the very important points that we put on heavy focus, the government, they must respond to this um, demand. Otherwise, the city and the protesters, they wouldn't be just calmed down because the arrest or the um, over-exercise of violence from the police. And also other demands like uh, universal suffrage. We believe at the moment the entire um, government um, was not a real democratic government. And the chief executive, Carrie Lam, she was appointed and instructed by the Communist Party on most what she can do on a daily basis. So um, we believe unless we have um, a really democratic system on how to elect our own chief executive and so as the legislative council member, otherwise we won't have a real say from the public or who can actually speak on behalf of the people in Hong Kong. So there are um, accumulated these demands um, since the day one of the movement but the government still chosen to ignore um, most of the um, uh, demand except the uh, withdrawal of the bill. So then, um, of course, you can imagine our young protesters, they uh, insist and in insist furthermore, and also they escalating until 2nd and 3rd of September, um, subsequently as a, a student strike. The university students, they are leading a um, university student strike for about 14 days and the high school students also get involved to build up a human chain and every day begin before the beginning of the classes holding hands to hands from school to schools um, in different um, local area so I think the situation developed as not only the workers, the adults, um, continuing the fight, the movement, and it also became our younger generations fully get involved, and um, even the new school term already started. And on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. I'm speaking with Carol Un from the Hong Kong Confederation of Trade Unions. We're discussing the current situation in relation to the protests in Hong Kong. There, we have been noticing, um, similarly to what happened or what is happening in France in relation to the Yellow Shirts movement, that there is a very interesting combination of left-wing and right-wing elements on the ground in Hong Kong, particularly, as you said, this has evolved and developed into a leaderless movement. Um I want to ask you about what we are noticing in relation to the right-wing elements, particularly what we are seeing as an appeal to US imperialism to take on China um, and to release Hong Kong from China's rule, and then also an appeal to return Hong Kong to British rule. What do you say about 
some of those elements that are now penetrating this, uh, what seems like a very grassroots and revolutionary potential on the ground in Hong Kong? I think um, as the situation develops, it's um, drawing the attention whether the completely leaderless movement in so-called in different formal shape, how long could it last? So therefore, I think certain right-wing people, they can see, although they, they, they never be 100% that kind of support, they can see a certain extent where is the control on certain kind of the people which could be affecting the entire situation. They, they have a, a sense or they, they have a small amount of the belief is, could we try to get something internationally like a, the, um, the third party, for example, foreign government? So um, subsequently, um, a, a group of the uh, activists, including what a lot of people know of Joshua Wong and leading a group of uh, representatives to travel to U.S. and also telling um, like um, the in the U.N. Um, Human Rights Committee, and they are telling the international world it um, something needs to be in control or to giving pressure on some kind of people in Hong Kong. And I think this is one of the areas we perhaps um, never put any notice at the beginning of the movement. And of course, everyone noticed this is a trade war in between mainland China and United States at the moment. How to make this leverage and put Hong Kong issues inside, which is one of the um, new developed situations um, to manipulate them, to try to give some kind of help of our movement. It is interesting that at the beginning of the movement, no one ever think about whether U.S. Congress, they will put so much attention to the movement. But now it seems like they are um, very up to date. They got uh, enough amount of the information to consider to bring the Human Rights Act and into action. You mentioned the international situation and we also have noticed the number of unions and union federations abroad that have extended solidarity to the workers of Hong Kong as they've entered and participated and are taking up significant space in this movement. Can you tell us a little bit about where that international support is coming from and uh, what impact it has had for unions internationally to connect with um, workers in Hong Kong? Um, first of all, it was um, a real support from international unions like um, ITUC. And also we have um, BWI and PSI and IUF and um, ITF, etc. And many of these big international workers platform, they are calling their affiliates um, either to uh, pass a motion within their international meeting recently in, to support Hong Kong and also became a, um, a strong tie um, to draw the attention of uh, different foreign governments and also organized by um, different local offices um, across this network is to uh, try to arrange a protest um, outside the Chinese embassy in their local places. I think this is a very important gesture to telling 
the um, international world how bad of the situations um, in Hong Kong, and also giving a strong signal to mainland Chinese government. Um, they cannot carry on instructing or giving um, kind of power to Hong Kong government, therefore the Hong Kong police carry on exercising the um, unnecessary um, brutality against their people. And also they need to address all these demands properly as soon as possible. And if they don't want the situation carry on deteriorated, because at this point you, we, you can see the city became um, different from three months ago. Uh, the first of all, the government reporting the figures on different economy and economic uh, situations is uh, declining. For example, like tourism, and they are afraid of more and more empty shops and uh, empty units on the city. They are um, having no one to rent, rent them. And all this uh, having um, anxiety in the government is the economic growth will be badly hit. But if they don't let the city calm down, if they don't investigate what did the government and the police have done wrong, I think that the protesters will not let go. The entire movement will maybe carry on changing its form or shape in order to make the government to respond finally. So it, it is not a very healthy sign. But the international world also giving attention, like the, our international media and international unions, and international society, they are giving um, a kind of criticism on how a so-called themselves um, really um, open-minded um, um, government like Hong Kong or so-called that they also protect human rights um, government like China. So it is a contradiction of, of what they are doing and saying. So I think it is important to maintain um, the international world to pay attention to what happened in Hong Kong. Well, you mentioned um, the uh, meet you at the airport section of the the campaign and particularly around um, airline unions or airline workers and, and their unions. There is another very significant international point, um, which is the ports. And we know that the workers at Hutchinson Port in Hong Kong are also in dispute what is happening there and how much support have you received from the ITF? I know you mentioned that in the list of internationals that have expressed solidarity. Um, I myself went to Montreal two weeks ago and explaining to the civil aviation sections of ITF. And first of all, in the sections, they adopted a motive, which is um, supported by the, all the affiliates in that section is um, to support what Hong Kong workers demand and uh, support our our democracy fighting and also asking to stop the um, police brutality. So um, be, because the airlines, Cafe Pacific, including Cafe Pacific itself and also Cafe Dragon, this um, subsidiary airline, they started a, a wave of dismissal since the mid of, of August. So we need to ask all the affiliates to support that um, we demand to um, reinstate those workers. Unfortunately, one of the workers being sacked, um, she was the chairwoman of the Cafe Dragon's Flight Attendants Association, which is the union of the cabin crews in Cafe Dragon. And this is obviously um, pinpointing our union leaders in Hong Kong aviation sector, which is unacceptable. 
and also these kinds of the um, wave of dismissal, the workers have done nothing wrong. They either being uh, reported by their colleagues because the new whistleblowing policy has been out, and also they either uh, post a certain kind of personal message or forwarding some message in their own Facebook that was their private uh, Facebook account and being witch hunt uh, by the company. And also the third kind of the people um, being sacked um, was on a bending list of the civil aviation um, authorities in mainland China. And we all believe no matter what kind of the behavior from these uh, um, aviation workers, they should not be caused or lead to their dismissal. And majority of these dismissal, when the company dismissed them, they're giving no reason. Even the workers ask the employer, what was the reason you are now firing me? The company just tell them, I can't tell you. So I think it's important for all the ITF affiliates to um, support uh, what we are asking precisely from the airlines. They must reinstate the workers. They should not um, deprive anyone of their union rights and their civil rights, such as the protest, um, go to the rally, and support any movement. To express anyone's political stance should not relate to their safety qualifications of flying um, in any any kind. So I think um, we able to get the civil aviation sectors of ITF to give a uh, very strong support to us. Of course, we won't stop here. We, we will discuss further with them and see how much more um, they can do. It is truly remarkable times, extraordinary historic times that we're living through at the moment. How do you see the um, the forward movement of these uh, actions in Hong Kong? Where to from here? How do we win from where we are now? I think it's still really difficult to forecast um, how the movement can go along because the situations it's um, changing on every few days' time. And um, but what I can think of is at the moment um, we're able to draw the international support, the international attention, which plays an important role of the movement, and also we are. Um, working together for, um, with different walks of life in the society now is um, even high school students, university students. And what we can do is, uh, of course, to carry on what we believe. And we try to adopt more smart tactics and um, demands from the netizens or the public. And we may not need to have so many um, street clashes with the police anymore and how to make use of a um, large group of our um, citizens, which has claimed that um, non-violence, peaceful and uh, rational um, people in the movement. And we need to think a more new way of to expressing our, our demands um, in different aspects. So I can see it, um, first of all, carry on voicing for those um, victims like the dismissed workers. Up to today, we, we lose uh, um, 34 people um, across different airlines and um, aviation-related workers. We must carry on voice to stop this white terror, not let the terrorists to conquer our lives, and to make it obvious that 
and any other employers um, do not copy them. Otherwise, will be more boycotts of your business coming up, and so on and so on. So we um, can only do it on um, nearly on day-to-day basis and see how the um, situation changing. Carol, thank you so so much for your time on the program today. Was there anything you wanted to add? Um. Once again, um, thank you so much um, to let us to explain to everyone beyond Hong Kong and um, let's keep fighting. That was Carol Eun from the Hong Kong Confederation of Trade Unions. We were discussing the current situation in relation to the protests in Hong Kong. And that's all we've got time for on today's program of Accent of Women. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week.